you do realize there's a much simpler solution for all of this. I'm not sure why it doesn't appear to be getting entertained by Ron Hextall and or Brian Burke. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. We're not that far from Montreal. I'll be flying up on July 6th. The first round of the NHL draft is July 7th. All the other rounds, the ones in which the Penguins used to be confined, will be the following day. But what you don't want to have happen, if you're Hextall and Burke, what I think you can't have happen is to have those guys be on that floor with 31 other tables there knowing that Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, Ricard Raquel are all just sitting there. They will feel, maybe for the first time in their careers, not the players themselves, but to the general atmosphere there, they will they'll feel very much available. Get them done. Now, you could say, and I hear this and read this and, awful lot. There's no way you can't keep them both and Raquel and uh, offer Tristan Jari an extension. And that's only in response to me bringing up Jari since no one else does that. I think it's kind of important that you make sure your franchise goaltender doesn't have a walk year coming up. And it seems like it's just become accepted that they don't have the cap space. They can't get this done. Well, technically, mathematically, at the moment, they don't. But they also have made not a single move toward alleviating that. And don't get me started on signing Jeff Carter in midseason and nothing of the kind needed to occur. What you have now I think is a stage set for one or more of these higher paid defensemen on the roster, that's plural, to get moved. And I know that won't be comfortable, but the idea of having the highest paid defense corps in the league and then watching them participate in blown leads in games five, six, and seven, and it not going to stick here with, you know, small sample sizes. Let's face it. This was not the best defense core in the league this past regular season or in these playoffs. They had times, each of them individually, where they looked really good. They also had times, almost all of them, where they looked like, we're paying that guy what? And that's got to end. Brian Dumoulin. John Marino, Marcus Pedersen are all paid right around in that high threes, low fours, meaning in the millions of dollars in that range. That can't happen again. It just can't. You're going to be paying what he just made, 7.25 or something more. You can't have a repeat 
of these other guys, your two, three, and four guys, or depending where it is in the hierarchy, you place Mike Matheson. I guess he became a two towards season's end. Got to move one or even two out. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. Now, who would that be realistically? I don't think it'll be Latang. obviously. I really don't think it'll be Matheson. We saw him make strides over the past few months, working with Todd Reardon to simplify his game, to anchor his game more in the defensive zone, and it brought good results. And then you also saw the dynamic things that he could offer you up front. You know, Is he a true number two? I would say no, because he can't get on the power play. And because, as we saw in the playoffs, a lot of pucks went in off of his skates and legs and everything else because he wasn't doing enough to move somebody away from the front of the net. So he'd just get stuck there in front of the net and he'd become kind of like a miniature golf obstacle. But let's say, and I'm going totally hypothetical here, even in the advocation sense, like I'm not saying that they should move both of these guys, but let's just say if... If Hextall were to move both Marino and Pedersen, and you know and I know that they could trade those guys, move those salary cap figures, and get like something decent back. I don't think it would be spectacular because of the cap hits and because of the state of the industry with the, the non-moving cap, but I think you could get something you could add to the draft while you're also clearing out almost $8 million of cap space. By the way, over a longer term, how would you replace them? Well, one answer for me is P.O. Joseph. We've only been talking about this for two years now. Okay, now P.O. didn't have the greatest year in Wilkes-Barre, but you you can get stuck somewhere for a while and start getting down about it. We've seen that across the spectrum of sports, when guys are getting held down and they start thinking, man, there's just nothing I can do to get the call. P.O. can be a pretty good player, and we saw that. He'd also be a very inexpensive player. That would matter as well. It really would. If it were to be both of those guys, if you move both Marino too, then you know you give Mark Friedman a little bit more responsibility uh, Chad Ruedel already worked his way into that level this past season. So those are your three righties. You get a little creative with the, the lefty on the third pairing, I guess it would be. You know what? That's how most teams do it. Jack Johnson is on the verge of winning the Stanley Cup as a mainstay on the Avalanche Blue Line. Mainstay. A lot of time spent on the first pairing. Why? Because the Avs understood can't have that much money tied up back there. Joe Sackick puts his money, for the most part, up front. Heck, he didn't even get himself a good goalie, and he's going to win the Cup. Why? Because he's really, really loaded up front. Would you be okay? You, I'm asking you, would you be okay 
with the Penguins putting together a group of forwards that includes all of these guys, everybody that we're talking about here, you know, Gino and Raquel, and they already signed Rust. Maybe you can even, I don't know, get somebody else or get role players who fit better. You know, bring Zach Aston Reese back just so that you can have a a bottom six that makes sense. I, I don't know. I'm just saying that more money needs to go up front. And there's only one way to achieve that. When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Brad Kubrick, who asks, Dayon, help ease this frustration. It's been a month since the Penguins were eliminated, and I'm still torn between it being about a few bad breaks when the Penguins were actually the better team, or just the notion that something, something has to change. I I can't dispel from my own perspective that latter notion enough brad i really can't i'm just not a believer in it uh, this is the kind of thinking that led jim rutherford to trade carl Hagelin for absolutely no reason he ventured into a territory where he really shouldn't have he went into old school manager instead of general manager. And there's a lot of GMs, by the way, who still refer to themselves as managers in hockey. Jim was definitely one of them. And Jim saw himself as a guy who was responsible for the room, the chemistry, the way whatever it was that was happening off the ice translated onto the ice. Now, again, to an extent, a lot of GMs do that. I'm watching Hextall and Burke in the stands observing these morning skates like hawks. And I'm here to tell you, they aren't eventful. And they aren't something where you could say to yourself, man, I just learned a lot about that player and his skill level right now based on that one little move that he made on Casey DeSmith or whatever. They're just monitoring for what they think is that gel issue. So Jim, in that moment, when he saw that the Penguins weren't clicking, said, well, Carl Hagelin is best friends with Patrick Hornquist, and everybody loves Haggy. He's really, really popular. If I trade him out of here, I'll really shake them up. I'll really show them who's boss and strike some fear into them. I can't do that with the stars, obviously, but I can let them know that they won't be as comfortable as they were before. I'm sorry, that's a lousy reason, a lousy motivation to make a move or multiple moves. All of my arguments, Brad, in favor of keeping the core intact have nothing to do with sentiment. Would slash will I enjoy seeing Gino and Tanger hitting certain milestones in the coming years? Do I feel it would be right for them to, you know, 
play in their thousandth game, score their 500th goal, thousandth point, whatever it is, in a Pittsburgh sweater? Yes, absolutely. And I'll say so at the time without apology. But that's not why you keep them now. The reason that you keep them now is that you have no one to replace them or to even come close to replacing them. You can fantasize about how if Gino leaves, well, we'll just get Vince Trocek and it'll be great because he's from Upper St. Clair and he's a lot grittier than Gino and whatever else here. But then when the Penguins don't score and when their power play falls apart and you remember to yourself from the simple and pure math point of view that Gino is still a point-of-game player and that there aren't that many point-of-game players in hockey and the ones that there are are going to cost you a ton more than $7 million or whatever it is that they're going to wind up settling with Gino on. You see what I'm saying here? The scene goes for Latang, maybe even more so. Good luck finding a number one defenseman somewhere who played as well as Latang did this past season, who ate up all the minutes that he did, who was part of the first power play, the first PK, the first everything all season long. Those guys just aren't out there, and the ones who are cost a mint. You can't replace those players that you're talking about moving as change for change's sake, Brad. That's it. That's it. I appreciate the question. I appreciate the passion with which it was delivered, and I appreciate everyone who listens to Daily Shot of Penguins. Let's do this again Monday. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.